All right, we back, huh? We're live. Another, another Wednesday, right? Happy hump day, Chris. How was your week? I'm pretty good. It's unbelievable, actually. So uh, they can decide if it's unbelievable, good or bad. We'll see, right? We'll see. Um, but I'm having a good time. So That's what good. we got tonight? What you got for us tonight? Ooh, I got some. What do I need to know about taxes from a basic level? So I'm so excited about just like pouring all this curriculum to the to the to the cousins tonight. Come on. Well, I pretty, look, it's going to be good. So let's just go ahead and start off like this, guys. I'm Christopher Bush, financial advisor. I'm Abby Joseph, your tax strategist. Hey, look, we're about to hit you guys with a great show. Um, if this is your first time on, on our show, you go ahead and click that like button right under. Um, and what we're going to do today is, you know, she's going to go a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit, right? We're going to come together, uh, talk about financial planning, talk about taxes. Uh, so it's going to be a great show. So go ahead and cue our intro. Yay. That's Hunter. I hope you guys had an amazing week. Um, we are super excited for the curriculum we have for you guys tonight. Uh, we are going, last week we did go over, um, Chris went over the different accounts that you guys need. I went over um, the different um, budgeting. We went over budgeting. We went over passive income. We went over um, taxation. Um, so tonight we have an amazing show for you guys. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Are you ready, Chris? I am ready. Where do you want to start off? You want to start? Are you? We're gonna start off with yours. We're gonna do some email bags. What do you think? Let's. Okay. So you guys have. Been, let me give you guys your flowers. You guys have been doing a great job sending us these questions, these emails. So I do want to um, give some flowers to our cousins. So let's answer a couple of questions. Perfect. Uh, you have some on your side. You want me to go first? Go first. We're quite. Let me see what questions we have in here. You go. All right. So let me pull some up for us. Let me see. I had a couple in here too. Let's see what we got. What we got. If I can get my screen to share, right? <laughs> okay, we're good to go. How about that? Can they see my screen? Let me see. Um, well, I could just see the email screen. There we go. Oh, that's we a good go. one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So this is uh, so you know I get a lot of you know today I have a lot of retirement focused questions uh, in, in that I come in in the email right so one of them came up um, should I contribute to my reply, retirement plan right if my company doesn't match right that's always a good one and uh, I think this is gonna kind of add some you, you know you can shed some light on from a tax perspective but I, again it always my when it comes to financial planning my number one answer it always is like it depends right because mm-hmm. it's not like a straightforward answer. So the first thing is, if your company doesn't, if your company doesn't match, right, you gotta, you gotta say to yourself, okay, besides the matching, what are the, what are the benefits of contributing to a retirement plan or employer sponsored plan, right? A TSP, a 401k, a deferred comp, um, a 457, a 403b. So all of those plans. So number one, if your company doesn't match, that just means that, Hey, look, they're not giving that money back to you. Okay. So, so what, what can we do? If I, I say this, what about for my, if you don't owe taxes at the end of the year, right? I have a thought if you, if, if it's not, if you don't owe taxes or need to lower your taxable income, 
then I don't know personally, again, it depends on the person. We have to have a full conversation, right? Yeah. On multiple reasons. But I don't know if I, I would say it's a big deal for you to contribute to your 401k, right? Because again, the, the biggest reason to contribute to a 401k is that the more money that you contribute to that plan, it's going to lower your taxable income. So on a tax perspective, kind of talk to me about that, Abby, with them on that part before I move forward. Okay. Should you contribute to your retirement plan if your company doesn't matter? On the tax um, perspective, if, if, you, if, if they and then an answer, make sure they understand it. Okay. Again, if they owe if they owe taxes, should they? If they don't owe taxes, should they not? Okay. So if you have a high tax liability, then yes, because what we want to do is we want to lower that tax liability. So we want to put put we want to move money into a pre tax contribution. If you have a low tax liability, then it's not necessary, right? right. So um, if you have a low tax liability, we're literally talking about budgeting. We're not talking about you moving money. But I would say yes, if you have a high high tax liability, let's move it so we can actually lower your um, your net income and get you a lower tax liability. Absolutely. That's what we should do. Perfect. So, 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 and also too, so think about this guys. So even if you, let's say if you have a low tax lie, but you don't owe in taxes, the rate, the main reason why I'm saying, Hey, look, it may, you may not have to contribute to that retirement account, but there's going to be reasons why it's because think about it at your 401k, you only get a, only a set, a, a, a limited amount of investment options, right? You're going to have like target dated funds, right? We'll talk about that. On, I mean, we got so much crap to talk about, right? So on, on target dated funds, right? So target dated, dated funds for me is kind of like easing mac and cheese. You know how like, you know, if you, if you make mac and cheese for my, like for my daughter, right? You just add water. She's excited about mac and cheese. But you put the, water? Well, the, I'm talking about from the box, you know, it's like the craft box, you add water, the easy mac, right? You add, you have the power. Feed her easy mac. Chris, I'm giving an example for the people. Lord have mercy. Don't you know? I'm saying if <laughs> right for my daughter, if I were to fix her easy mac with yes. a powdered cheese and we add water, she would probably be okay with that. Does that yes. make sense, Abby? She'll be okay. Give me She'll a hard time. <laughs> right. However, for me, right? For me. Now, I don't know if Abby, I don't know if you can cook now, but for me, how I like my mac and cheese. <laughs> How I want my mac and cheese. I want you to season the noodles. I'm on three or four yes. five different cheeses. Right? Yes. I, want, I want it marinated right, baked right. Like it's, it's got to be the real deal. Does that make sense? Yes. So when it comes to 401k plans, they, a lot of times they, they have a ton of options on retirement or on, on target data funds. Mm -hmm. However, they just don't perform as well as a built portfolio. See, it don't taste the same. So I always call my target data funds like Easy Mac and Cheese. But when you're able to build a, a, a real portfolio, Using the core positions in a 401k, you get that that, that homemade taste. Does yeah. that make sense? So, that so you gotta, right? You got to understand that a company automatically puts you into that target data fund in the beginning, mm -hmm. but then they have other options, right? Yeah. So we have they have other separate options. But sometimes a company, even though they give you more options, those options are still not the best. You yeah. can still have a great port um, a great 401k lineup, but that lineup may not perform, right? Yeah. Because I'm right it's actually my job right so i actually build for 401ks for, for for individuals or really for businesses and it's up to the advisor to pick the lineup so for me i make sure the lineup is consistent the lineup has great funds but if your job doesn't have great funds again why are we contributing sometimes if they don't match however if they do match right mm -hmm. you need to contribute up to the match okay but we also need to be conscious of okay well how is my portfolio allocated of the money that's going to my match right so that's one of the big things that i that i go over with my clients is okay let's look at the lineup okay um that's, so i think that's a huge part um of it so i hope that makes sense on that part so yes well yeah yes you should mm -hmm. but also maybe not 
but even if you just depending, do, on. depending upon, mm -hmm. right? Let's let's say that you want to go to a uh, let's say a Roth IRA. Let's say your company doesn't match, okay, and you want to contribute to a Roth IRA instead. But remember, your Roth IRA contributions are only up to sixty five hundred as of twenty twenty three, right? As individuals, as individuals married, they can do the same. Yeah, yeah. Right? If mm -hmm. you're over fifty, you can contribute up to seventy five hundred. Yep. So what if somebody's able to contribute more than that Roth or that uh, traditional IRA limit? Well, they may have to go. They may want to kind of go yes. back to that company sponsor plan, even though they don't match just because they want to put more money away for retirement and they can use the Roth option inside mm -hmm. of that retirement plan. OK, yeah. um, remember, there's three options in a retirement plan. Mostly there's a pre-tax option. There's an mm -hmm. after-tax option. And then there's a Roth option. That after-tax and Roth option is not the same thing. No, they're not. Right. Uh, um, so I think people kind of mix that up, too. They think, OK, hey, I'm contributing to the Roth portion of my 401k or my TSP, but it's really only after tax. After tax just mean that. Right. It's, it's after it's from coming from your net income. But right. the gains are not tax free. That is correct. That's correct. You're, they're still taxable. When you're you're still taxable. Yeah. <laughs> However, on the Roth contribution in the 401k, see, this is a whole dig on episode. That's a whole right? thing. Right. Yeah. On, a Roth, on a Roth 401k, right, the Roth portion of it, boom, that money does, that, those gains do come tax-free, okay? Um, so yeah. that's a big, I mean, I can go so long on that part, but on I think that's <laughs> on that one, question. One question that we did have was um, short-term capital gains versus long-term capital gains, losses um, offset. Um, let's answer that question. So when it comes to short-term capital gains, the way that... Um, Let's put that in the screen for them. Yes. Short-term capital gains um, taxes versus long-term capital gains taxes. Let me put this question up here for guys. Okay. So when it comes to short-term capital gains, anything under a year, you are capped at 20%. So now when I say you capped at 20%, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pay 20%. Cap meaning that is the maximum that you can pay, depending on where you are in the tax bracket, right? So for long-term, anything that is over a year, we say you capped at 20%. For short-term, anything that is under a year, you capped at 37%. This is why, too, you see that um, I, I teach a lot when it comes to short-term capital gains because that 30, 37% is so high. Yes, <laughs> that 37% is so high. What we want to do is if you are a day trader and you are trading um, let's see. No, it's not. Let me find a question for you. It's, um, I don't want to give the person's name. Okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. So if you are trading, right, know that anything that you are holding for under a year, you are going to be taxed. Um, the highest you can be taxed is 37%. So if you are trading though, you are a day trader and I'm talking about these scalpers, anyone that is doing three to four trades a day, um, they're trading about 720 or 740 or more trades and your trades are under 30 days, then um, you do have options of ways to offset um, um, your gains. And that is usually either electing mark to market election or trading under an entity or even trading under a TTS status, which is, you know, we'll teach you guys about those later. But to answer your question, short term capital gains are capped at 20 uh, at 37 percent. And long-term capital gains are capped at 27%. The other question was, how do you get a great team set up? Um, the best way to get a great team set up is you want to start off with um, hiring. Um, remember, um, there is a difference between a tax strategist, a CPA, a tax preparer. 
um, they are different. So you want to look at your situation. Some people need a CPA. Some people need a CFO. Some people need a tax strategist. So there are differences. Um, uh, you'll find some CPAs don't handle any taxations. So you want to make sure, depending on your needs, you want to make sure that that person is aligned. I say the best way to find your, your team is the industry you're in. Find out if that CPA or that tax strategist function in that industry. Because if he or she understand the industry that you're in as a business owner or even as an individual, he or she will be able to advise you better. Okay. I say that you, yeah, you want to make sure you have a financial advisor because it is the financial advisor that shows you how to move your money. I, I can only tell you how you are going to be taxed on it. Um, but Chris is able to tell you, okay, this is, um, is in your best interest for your retirement or this account is best for you for your current situation. So you want to make sure you have a financial advisor that, um, that understands your situation as well too. And when it comes to an attorney, listen, you never know when the doors, when, when a knock is going to come in your door. So it's very important to have an attorney. I hope we were able to answer those two questions. Now let's get to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, um, um, what do you have anything to elaborate, um, Chris, on on that question? Short term capital gains versus long terms. Okay, great. I mean, I, I guess I can add a little bit. I think that's where going back to our account setup. When again, mm -hmm. some people, a lot of a lot of our, our audience may be traders, so you yeah. do have to be cognizant of that, right? What type of accounts to have, right? Um, you know, but that also can mean, okay, what type of account should I trade in? Sometimes yeah. if somebody may be trading into a Roth, they don't have those right short-term capital gains, right? But understanding they only have, can put in around 6,500 to 7, 7,500, right? Yeah. Or they can trade into a, an IRA, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to understand what type of accounts are best for us to, let's say, trade in versus mm -hmm. if you're a long, long-term long hold investor, you're a normal, yeah. uh, you know, a normal client like or mine. Most of my clients don't day trade, Okay. Uh, on, on the grand scheme of things, right? I have a new niche that I focus on traders, but I would say most of my people, they could say, Chris, I need you to build a portfolio. I need you to build me a financial plan. They're not kind of doing it themselves per se, right? right? So now we can kind of be a little bit more broad on how we manage money, how we yeah. minimize our, um, our short-term and long-term capital gains because it's not a day trading deal, right? Yeah. And it's so funny because 90% of my clients are day traders. Come on. <laughs> Right. So it's, it's all in between. Right. So yeah, it's all in between. It's I, all I'm, in between. You know, I guess over the last three, three and a half years or so, I probably have a, a lot getting a lot more traders. But I still yeah. most of my clientele is like, man, I don't want to day trade. I don't want to do that. Stuff. <laughs> right? They don't, do, do don't want to day trade. I don't blame them. So if you guys ready, last week we talked about um, budgeting. Right. What what I want to talk to you guys about today is what do you need to know about when it comes to um, taxes from a basic level? Okay, um, let's start with the slides. Perfect. Before you can understand um, taxation on a basic level, you need to you need to understand income wise, right? What are the different type of income and how are they um, their tax? Right. So it's very important to know what those three type of income is. Um, next slide. All right. So in order to understand taxation, you need to know the different type of income. Next slide. Let's go over those income. All right. You have three type of income. You have earned income. You have passive income, which we spoke about last week. Right. And we have you have portfolio and non-taxable income. Today, we're going to go over earned income and we're going to go over passive income. Next week, we're going to dig a little bit more 
you're gonna we're gonna dig a little bit more and we're gonna go over portfolio and non-taxable income next slide all right so what is earned income um, per IRS, you will see when I when I educate you guys, a lot of the things that I will talk about is strictly going to come from IRS, right? Per IRS, earned income includes all taxable income and wages you get from working for someone else, um, yourself or from a business or a form that you earn. Um, that you own. So as long that you are working, the word is earned, right? So it's whatever activities that you did, you earned it. You earned that income that is coming to you. Next slide. So basically, earned income is a direct result of the work or service you do, or in other words, income from your day job. This is typically income from activities that are you, you actively participate in, all right? With this type of income, you are either an employee or you are self-employed, okay? So you can be both. Sometimes I'll get people ask me, well, can um, if I'm not a W-2, can I also um, be an employee? Yes, you can. You yeah. can actually be a W-2 inside of your company, all right? So that's what literally basically what earned income is. It's just a, a direct result between work or service, all right? Let's continue. Um, typically, you see this in a form of wages, either W-2 or small business income, and that includes contractors um, like your gigs. Um, most of them are like past um, um, gigs from passive income, um, forms 1099 that, that you're reporting on a Schedule C. So an example of earned income could be um, wages, salary, tips, commission, business income, minus expense, gig work, freelance, all of those are considered earned income. Earned income does not include interest and dividends, okay? It does not include your pensions. It does not include your annuities, um, social security check. Those are not earned income. The child support check that you get, that is not um, earn income, unemployment. Because if you think of it, right, if you're unemployed and you're receiving a check, did you earn that? No, you didn't. Yeah. All right. Alimony, those are not earned income. Those are a different type of income, but they are not earned income. And it's important to know the different type of income. Let's continue. All right. Self-employment. Um, under self-employment, you can look at um, sole proprietor. Um, you can be a single member LLC. You can be a partnership. You can either also be an S-Corp. You know, when it comes to your Social Security, Social Security is 12.4%, um, up to 159000 um, for 2022. When it comes to Medicare, how are you taxed? Those are the ways that you are taxed when it comes to earned income. Um, for your Medicare, Medicare, um, you would add 0.9%. If you if you make more than 200K as a single, um, 250,000 if you are married. Now, when it comes to ordinary income tax rate, um, earlier we talked about um, we talked about short term and long term. Right. So when you're looking at earned income tax, you're using these tax bracket. It's so important that you know what tax bracket if, I, if I'm looking at the audience now and I ask you, do you know what tax bracket you and would you guys know? Let me get some yes or no's in um, in the chat. If I asked you guys, what tax bracket are you in? Would you guys know? Yes or no? Yeah, I don't know if I would know in the beginning. I knew I didn't. It took me a while to kind of know which which tax bracket, how it worked, right? 
Wow. Okay. So it's so important for you to understand what tax bracket you in. And some people are so afraid um, of being of being in a higher tax bracket. My goal every year is to reach a higher tax bracket. Right. Why? Because the higher your tax bracket that you in, right, um, the more you make. It, um, understand that even if I'm at a tax bracket of 37 percent, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to pay 37 percent taxes. The way that IRS tax you is that the first $10,000 of your income, you are taxed at that 10%, all right? So we have 10%, 12%, 22%, 24%, 32%, 35%, and 37%. So the first 10,000, I'm taxed at 10%. Um, the next level, which is 47,000, I'm taxed at 12%. Now, when I reach the 80,000, I'm taxed at 22%. Once I reach more than um, 80,000, then I reach 24%. So I may have made $200,000 and be at 32%, but I'm not being taxed 32% off the 200,000. So it's, it's breaking up. Um, is breaking up your income um, based with the bracket. So understand that even if you are at a 24% tax bracket, it doesn't necessarily mean you are going to pay 24%. But it's very important that you know what tax bracket that you end. Next mm -hmm. slide, please. So how about some examples? Okay, if you are an employee, you're working for someone, you would, per, you would pay both FICA taxes on your income along with your ordinary income tax rate. If you are self-employed, if you are self-employed operating as a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, you will put, you will pay both self-employment tax on your income along with your ordinary income tax. Now, when it comes to self-employment tax, your self-employment tax is 15.3. Now, if you are a trader, and, and I will speak to all my trading family, um, soon in, in the month. If you are a trader and you are trading under um, an entity, you are not taxed self-employment tax. So this is why I tell you guys, if you are going to trade under an entity, right, you want to make sure that that entity is specifically for trading because you're not, you're not, um, you're not taxed that 15.3. And what and what type of entity should they have? Like, I actually had a question. You know, one of my, yeah, should they have have it? Should it just be an LLC or should it be an S corp? Do they need to pay themselves a salary, right? Because when when you're claiming a trader status, like it has to be for trading, and you got to meet those criteria, yeah. right? Because a lot of people say, well, Chris, I can just I'm going to start an LLC and I'm just going to start trading. Well, just because you That's start the LLC trade into it, that doesn't mean you're going to get the deductions. Can you talk about no. that? Sure. So when it comes to trading under an entity, guys, here's what IRS says. IRS says if the nature of your trading activities does not qualify as a trader, as a business, you are considered an investor, not a trader. So it doesn't matter whether you call yourself a day trader, a swing trader, a leap holder, a scalper, you are an investor. You're not a trader. And, and I think what happens is that the way we define ourselves in the stock market and the way iOS defines us is different. In the stock market, I could say I'm a scalper. I could say I'm a swing trader. 
Well, and in, in with IRS, IRS consider you an investor. You're not a trader. So right. IRS says, if the nature of your trading activity does not qualify as a business, you are considered an investor, not a trader. So, but if you are going to be a trader, which is considered a day trader, which is um, mostly um, you are in the stock market for four hours or more, you're trading daily and weekly. Um, you, you trade about three to four trades per day and your trades are under 30 days. IRS says that you have the option to either trade under a TTS status, which is trader tax status. And I will teach you guys all of that. Um, or you can trade under an EIN. If you are going to trade it under an EIN, that, that single member LLC or multiple member LLC, it needs to be specifically for trading. Because as it's, as a um, single member LLC trading under an LLC, I don't pay self-employment tax. But for any other entity as a single member, I would pay that fifteen point three. Wow. So so fifteen point three. Yeah. So on, um, I actually had another question on that. That was that was some good stuff. I hope people got that right. Um, so so on on so for the setting up that corporation. Uh, oh, that was my question. Boom. If they're if they're just trading options, that options don't just make you a, a TTS status, right? Trader tax. You just just by trading options, correct? It's it's not just option. It's any security. So you can be a forex trader. You can be a trader that trade futures. Like some of my clients trade just forex, right? Some of my clients just trade futures. Some of my clients trade options. So when you're choosing an entity, right, as a single member, it is a pass through entity. Um, you are completing um, your Schedule C for your expense, but you're still completing Form 8949 where you enter your capital gains and your capital loss. Um, when it is an S-Corp, though, Chris, you do have to take payroll. It is okay. a requirement that you take payroll. So, but what you cannot do is make $500,000 in the stock market and pay yourself $10,000. That's, on, not, how That's not how it works. That's not how it works. But if you are trading under a C-Corp, understand that um, C-Corp is tax under the entity, whereas LLC and S Corp is not taxed. The entity itself is not taxed, but the C Corp is taxed on the business level. So um, I know, I know that that's a question I get all the time. So, but if you are just a regular business and you're not trading under entity, you are paying that 15.3 self-employment um, as operating under a sole proprietor. You will pay both the employment tax and you will pay the ordinary tax. So if yeah. you can only imagine, right? Earlier, we said the tax um, the tax brackets were um, 10, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, 37. So let's just say you add ordinary tax at 32%. That's 15.3 plus 32%. Come on. Yeah. So don't be so quick to create an entity if you do not understand the taxation behind it. So yeah. you do need to understand the taxation behind the entity that you are going to create. Let's go to the next slide. Let's do it. All right. Passive income. Passive income is my favorite income. I don't even understand why people don't love passive income. It, because it's the way that it is taxed. Let's move to the next slide. We can go to the next slide. So per IRS, right? Um, passive income is passive activities that include trade or business activities in which you don't materially participate. Meaning I could sit, I could actually make passive income in my sleep. 
This is why I love passive income. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to be doing some type of activity. I could be sleeping and collect passive income. I could be chilling and collect passive income. So in general, you will find rental activities, including rental real estate activity. This is why real estate is the biggest tax benefit in this country. It's because it's considered passive income. All right. Um, also, passive activities, even if you do material, um, you materially participate, it can still be um, passive income. Now, you when you do those activities, you want to make sure that you do on them continuously. Right. So it's not something you do today and tomorrow. You don't you don't do it no more. Um, so when you're looking at rental uh, real estate, rental real estate activities in which you materially participate on passive activities if you qualify as a real estate professional. So it's very important that you understand as well too, even in real estate, there are some areas that are not passive income. But passive income is my favorite income. We can move to the next slide. All right, next slide. So basically passive income is activities that would continue to generate income if you decide to simply sit on the beach and do nothing, which I would love to do. Or in my dream scenario, golf all day, every day, and do no work. <laughs> so you know, you know how to golf? Yes, sir. Come on now, you don't know how to, you know golfing? Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to remember that. I know I'm learning all the stuff about you. On my, sister, my daughter played golf. My daughter played golf in high school too. <laughs> you know, let's see, well, I'm gonna just have to. See, I have so many surprises for you, Chris. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Let's go to the next slide, guys. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So basically, when you're looking at passive income, passive income is not subject to FICA tax. That's why everybody love it. Or is it subject to self-employment tax, but it's still subject to ordinary income tax. Sometimes you'll see people on social media will tell you, oh, passive income, you don't get you don't get taxed at all with passive income. That is not quite true. You don't get FICA or self-employment, but you do get um, ordinary income tax. As we discussed, this is just your normal income tax, right? Um, also, if you are self your interest um, um, in a passive activity, um, you just sell a rental property, you will be subject to capital gains. So um, if you sold a property, you're not subject to ordinary income tax, but you are subject to capital gain. Gotcha. Uncle Charles says that I started golfing after Amazon did not do what I wanted it to do back in the days. <laughs> We're going to leave that alone, Uncle Charles. Amazon is still my base stocks, okay? Even though Amazon is dead, <laughs> it's still my base stock. We can move on. Next slide. <laughs> so we talked about earned income. We talked about passive income. Next week, we're literally going to dig on portfolio income, which I love portfolio income. And this is where I'll be able to go over with you guys how you can trade under your entities. How does that look like when it comes to portfolio income and no income tax? All right. We do have a question where it says, can you explain the who, what, when, where, how, and why for 475 election? 475 election is called mark-to-market election. The reason why mark-to-market um, um, election is an amazing benefit. So what mark-to-market election does is it eliminates the wash sale rule. Um, what the wash sale rule is, is when you purchase a security and you sell it at a loss, IRS says that you can't repurchase that, that security 
until 30 days. So you have to wait 30 days in order for you to purchase that security again. So a lot of time when I look at you guys, 1099Bs, I see you guys paying for a lot of wash sale rule and you guys don't even know where that money come from. Well, your brokerage is actually collecting the wash sale fees. So mark to market eliminates the wash sale rule. But what the beautiful thing that uh, 475 does um, is that it gives you an opportunity to write off your net loss for the year. So let's just say this year I lost $200,000 in the stock market. Amazon was not doing so wonderful. My stock bay really, really fall just from the sky and died. And I lost $200,000. Well, ordinary, you would have been able to write off $3,000 up to seven years, right? When it comes to your loss. But if you elect mark to market election, you're able to write off the total net loss for okay. that year. So you would have been able to write the whole thing. I hope that answered the question for you, Intern Rika. That's all I have for you. Come on, that was some good stuff. Did you learn some stuff? I did. I did learn some stuff myself, right? Um, and, and it's, it's kind of cool that we can kind of go over this. And um, every time you, you you present, you know, it feels like, OK, man, I, I, we got to go deeper. So that's what you know we're, we're gonna, we got to work on. Right. Because we want to make sure that they're getting our, the knowledge because you just spit out everything. Right. Uh, it was kind of funny. Somebody threw you out a test question. They, they That's what it was. They make sure that you knew what you're yeah, doing. That's why I make sure I know my stuff. Exactly. They, they throwing it out there. Right. Good stuff. <laughs> Um, so cool. So what I, what I wanted to kind of talk about today um, is I wanted to I wanted to do a little bit a deeper dive as well mm -hmm. on the things that we talked about last week. Right. And I had actually had another question that came by uh, that I was going to answer as well. Uh, let me pull it up. All right. Let me kind of uh, pull up my screen and then we're going to get started on that. Let's see. Let's see if I can pull this up. I always have a problem with uh, pulling my things. We got to get better at this. Huh? <laughs> it's OK. We will. Boom. We will. We will master this. It's all the, all the sharing. And like, if I didn't have to share with you, I'll be okay. You know? <laughs> all right. So here, here, here it is here. Let's hope everybody can see. All Yay. Right? So good stuff. So, so um, just talking about accounts and we'll go into detail a lot more. Uh, but just another, another question that came up because we were talking about retirement earlier, right? You know, uh, how do you get a deduction for your Roth, for your Roth IRA contributions? Right. Abby. <laughs> We know How do you get a deduction for your Roth IRA contribution? Okay, so your um well we can't we, we can't get no deduction. Right? It's not a deduction. Okay, yeah. so let's just say um what okay, what I would probably recommend if you are either a trader or you're a business, I would probably say the best way to do is do a pre-tax SCP IRA and then convert it to a Roth. Yeah, so a couple because people. your pre-tax is a deduction exactly right so so with this question right your Roth you know a Roth IRA is is not tax deductible nope. right um there is some in some cases that a traditional IRA can be deductible but it's up to an income limit and it's uh, whether you contribute to a retirement plan or not okay so there's multiple different ways that we'll talk in detail on that but on this question no you cannot deduct Roth IRA contributions right that mm -hmm. that is your that is you're investing from your net income mm -hmm. that money's already been taxed you yeah. put that money into that Roth IRA now that money grows completely tax free Okay. Um, so that's how um, that part works on there. So that was a, a good question. So uh, let me go to down this next question that I have. Um, oh, I didn't make a slide for it. But so one of, so one of my, the question was, how do we make it in, a, in order, right? So what order do we contribute in from a retirement planning standpoint? Okay. 
Um, and this is what I kind of came. This is like an easy one. OK, okay. Um, you know, and, and I think that we can kind of adjust it and we'll kind of go along with it. But this is kind of the steps that I take when I'm looking at um, retirement planning. Uh, if you're like a uh, it could be W2 business owner, trader, it can really focus on everybody. OK, um, mm-hmm. let's see if you can pull that put, uh, put that slide up for us a little bit bigger. Right. So retirement planning made easy. Right. And again, a lot of the things that we're showing over right now. We're, we're trying to set the foundation now we're you know as our show kind of progresses uh you know i'm trying to walk us up into the more comp- complex and the different tricks and strategies that we can do but i want to set a solid foundation does that make sense happy is that okay right that is perfect that's exactly what i want you to do right i know i always want to get to the good stuff right yeah. uh, like just so i want to skip the like when i get a book i always want to go to the end first to see what happens right but i know i got to be patient and start from the beginning but think about this right so when we're looking at retirement planning, because that's where a lot of these questions came from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this earlier, right? Contribute to your employer, employer sponsor plan, right? Up to the company match, right? Again, if you're if you're if it's doing a six percent match, then we should contribute at least up to six percent, right? Yes. If they're going to give us free money, let's let's give it to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, step two, that's when I would say we would need to kind of max out a Roth IRA or a traditional. If you make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA, then we need to go ahead and contribute to that traditional IRA. OK, so again, up into 2023, it's about sixty five hundred per year. Right. That's about five hundred and forty one dollars a month. Or if you're over 50, that's about seventy five hundred. I'm about six six hundred and twenty five dollars a month. OK. Um, that's the second step, right? Now, the third step, if you are able to max out your traditional or your Roth IRA and you still need more money for long term in this strategy, right, then you can go back to your employer sponsored plan and max it out to the top, right? Mm. And, like, and these are good things for people that, hey, I need to lower my taxable income, right? I need to get to a lower tax bracket because maybe they sit down with you and say, well, we're going to end up paying too much, right? I need to put more money into my retirement plan. So this is when you go back and max it out or put more in, right? A lot of times I may see somebody say, okay, I'm doing 15% to my retirement account, but they're not doing anything to a Roth. We're not doing anything to a traditional. See, the order is okay. It's messed up. So what I'll do is I'll help them take money, right, from their retirement account, the percentage, and we'll move that percentage that they were saving. Let's put that into a Roth or a traditional IRA. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It makes perfect sense. Right. And one of the biggest benefits is this, because if we just automatically contribute 10 to 15 percent into an employer plan and we don't have a a personal Roth or a traditional, again, we can customize our Roth or traditional IRAs. We can use any type of investment, right? We'll talk about here in the future how to use self-directed IRAs, right? So you can invest in real estate and businesses and those type things out of your retirement account. So we, we I like those, right? We're gonna talk about that too, right? We're we gonna get fancy with it, right? <laughs> so, so, so I want to make sure that you can customize. You can have that real homemade mac and cheese that Abby's gonna cook for us one day, right? <laughs> we don't know if it's good yet, right? You, you can do it inside of your traditional Roth before we max that out, right? But then yes. we can go back. Yes. That fourth step, okay. Um, if you if you do make too much money to d- directly contribute to a Roth IRA, we could go ahead and do a backdoor Roth. Okay, so that what what that means is that you have to contribute to a traditional IRA first. Mm. We can do a roll over roll over that money into a Roth IRA because the IRS said, hey, look, you you only can make up to an X amount of dollars and put into a Roth, but in traditional you don't have an income limit. Yes. Okay, so if you don't if you if you make too much money to put into a Roth in an IRA, you don't have an income limit. You d- deposit it into the IRA first, then we roll it over to a Roth. Now you're con- now you're, all your gains in the future are tax what? Or tax free. I have a quick question, Chris. Yes, ma'am. So I get a lot of question when it comes to the backdoor Roth IRA. Um, now, is it like is it whatever's left of, at what I'm con- contributing to the regular or Roth that I'm putting at the backdoor, or am I taking the whole thing? 
to the back door. Well, it, it, again, so that's good. It's, it's a Roth conversion or back door Roth. And see, it, that's when you and I, right, or a tax strategist, a, a CPA, right? We need to get together to understand. Let's say somebody has $50,000 into a traditional IRA or in a regular a, a, a 401k, uh -huh. right? A old, maybe they have an old 401k that's just sitting, right, at a, a previous job. They say, well, Chris, I want to take my whole balance and I want to roll it over into a Roth IRA. They can absolutely do that. Okay. However, right, they're going to be taxed on that money. So, see, I, I only want to roll over the amount of money that's going to hit them right under the next threshold of where they're going to be taxed more. So, let's say their income mm -hmm. is at a 20, right? Talk to me, right? Let's say their income is at a 22, their, their graduated tax bracket is at a 22%. Yeah. Right? The next tax bracket, Abby, is 24, correct? Correct. So, so, so I want to make sure whatever the difference between the 22 tax bracket, the 24 tax bracket on that income, I only roll, want to roll over the amount that's not going to put me into that 24% tax bracket. We work good. Yep. That's exactly what I do too. So, so, yes. so, so when that happens, that now my client is not getting taxed more. So that way we can leave some of that money for the next year and roll it over. I never want to put somebody in a higher tax bracket. Again, I'm not a tax professional, right? Don't take me for Right. So, but you understand that there's a strategy to it. It's just not saying, hey, look, I got this balance and I want to roll over all of it because, again, you're going to get hit hard with taxes. Right. You can go from making fifty thousand dollars a year because your IRA was pre-tax. We put fifty thousand dollars. Now you're making one hundred grand. Now you at a what? A twenty eight percent tax bracket almost. Right. Mm, it's from 24, you're kind of like at 32. 30, see, you see, so, so that's a big jump in extra taxes. So jump. we can wait on that. Does that make sense? Yeah, we can. Right. So I, I think like that's, 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 I, I got to keep writing this crap down. Y'all got to, y'all got to make sure I understand um, that I need to do a whole, okay, how to do yeah. Roth conversions, when to do Roth conversion, how is, how should be, we look at it from a tax perspective? Because that's the conversation that a lot of people have because we have money sitting with their, you know, with their ex boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. So I have a client. I love using my clients. Sorry, my client. If you are in here, I'm sorry. I'm using you. So I have a client who makes too much so they can't contribute, yep. right? How do we help that client? They can't contribute to what? They can't contribute to their um, 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 their Roth. Oh, but they could they can just contribute to their regular, right? Or the traditional IRA. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, they make too much money to a Roth. They, right? they make too much, so they can't contribute to a Roth. Then we would just advise them to to contribute to a regular. Yeah, to a traditional IRA, right? Okay. Or if they're a business. I mean, you mentioned a SEP earlier, right? Yes, I love SEPs. Right. Um, you love SEPs. I think I love solo 401ks better than a SEP, right? You like, see, you that 401k people. I don't like 401ks. Right. Because, but, well, because we can design them a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Again, that's, this, that's probably because a lot of people say, Chris, well, I don't like a 401k. Right. But I don't like 401k guys. Right. Because with the SEP, we could put what, 65k? The limits are the same. With a solo, I don't like 401k. <laughs> The reason why I like it, because not only can we get an, a, 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 an, an employer tax deduction, I can also get an employee tax deduction. Employee tax deduction, I know. Right? I so, know. The, so, the, so the limit of what, let me actually Google it before we say something wrong on the screen. <laughs> you like me, right? let me IRS.gov this right? before, I start, um, before I start telling you guys this is what the truth is. I don't remember, right? So again, so for 2023, somebody yeah. can contribute up to $66,000 in a set and or a solo 401k. So the difference is that, uh, difference that is, money. right, is that if you're under 50, right, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm a business owner or trader, however I look at it, um, if I'm making 100 grand for my W-2, I want to I want to show 100 grand if maybe I want to buy a house. I want to come. 
but I don't want to get taxed on it. So if I set up a, a, a solo 401k, right, I can contribute 22500 to on my W-2 side. So that's going to do what to my, my W-2 tax bracket? Lower. It's going to lower it. But then I also can contribute the remainder of that $66,000 as an employer tax, as employer contribution to me as well. So now I'm getting a corporate tax break. See, if I just do a SEP, Abby, right? If I just do a SEP, I only get the employer co- contribution. I'm sorry, okay. deduction. Am I right? You're right. Okay. okay. So all y'all 401ks, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that's all good, right? And then also, we can, you know, we there's a lot of things we can set inside of 401k. Like I mentioned earlier, you can say, hey, look, because I own the plan at any time, I want to be able to roll that money out of my solo 401k or my 401k plan. And I want to put it into a self-directed IRA for me to invest in real estate. So, yep. so, so there's so many or, or a business or something else. There's so many ways that you can utilize that strategy. Make sense? How much money is too much money, Chris? What do you Jacksonville, Florida said. How much money is too much how money? How much money is too much money? I don't know. Show me how much money you have. Then I'll tell you if it's too much money. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think I don't I don't there think isn't such thing. Well, there isn't said, such thing as too well, much money. Yeah, I don't think it's a, too much money because it, it really depends on your mindset, right? Yeah. Number one, I look at okay, when am I gonna be financially free? Correct. Right. And when I say free, I mean look that I have a, a set amount of money to where right. I can live off the income of my own personal assets. Yeah. Right. I know for me, my my first goal minimum, right? I need to have $10 million saved. Mm. Right. Because I know I can get an income, let's just say at 4%, okay. right? Let's say at 4%, I can make sure that I'm getting almost 40 grand a month. Okay. Right. And I don't have to worry about the market fluctuations. I don't have to more worry about what's going on in the economy. Right. Because again, we have a portfolio that can withstand that. Does that make yeah. sense? So we, you got, we got to, we got to, damn, this is a whole nother, another show too, right? How another to show. Right? Every How time we start talking, it's another show. But right. um, Jackson, to answer your question, um, if you are, I believe single, it's 144000 for 2022 and 153000 for 2023 to contribute to a Roth IRA. And if you are married, finally jointly, it's 214000 for 2022 and it's 228,000 for 2023. So when um when he asked how much is too much money, he was oh, okay. asking how much income um oh, to okay, gotcha. <laughs> the threshold for that. Hopefully that answered your question, Jacksonville. All right. Good deal. Yeah, that, but I, I do want to go over the different levels of freedom, mm-hmm. right? The different levels, yes. how we're going to get to that next level, right? If it's two million, if it's a hundred million, is right? If it's a billion dollars, but what is what do those numbers mean to you, right? So yeah. I have like my, you know a first entry goal that I had, right? Is boom, is one to be ten, right? Yeah. Then I need to bump it up to fifty. Then I'm gonna bump yeah. it up to hundred. That that's that progression. Ten million, right? Like ten yeah. million, a hundred yeah. million, right? Exactly. I yeah. thought you were talking about ten thousand. We can't do that, right? <laughs> We want to grow, right? That's that's the level we got to think, right? That's the level we got to think. Let's right. go. A, a, million, a, a million used to be a lot, right? No, a million is the new 100,000. Absolutely. We got to get there. Um, step what, 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 Step four is going back to like a backdoor Roth, like we talked about. Step five would be kind of wealth building long-term brokerage accounts, right? So that's kind of like the steps that you want to think as you're going through your budget again, right? Because yeah. that's what I do. We want to look at someone's budget. Then we want to allocate these buckets in order the way they should be, okay? Um, so that's that's a that's a huge point on this, guys. And I um, hope this kind of helps as a little framework that you guys yeah. can use to, you know, a, kind of an easy retirement planning on that part. It's perfect, Chris, because when I think about it, right? Um, and understand this too, guys, as we teach you guys, we learn too. We're, we're, uh, I, I learn through teaching. So everyone's different. So if you think of it last week, right, Chris showed you guys what accounts that you guys needed, right? Um, he told you guys what accounts that you guys needed, emergency accounts, 
um, um, investment accounts. And then this week, he literally tell you guys, if you guys wanting to start retirement planning, here's are these four, five steps that you guys need to start working on. Okay. So the homework that I want you guys to go over this week is one, I want you guys to kind of look at your guys W2s. Are you making enough money? Look at all the different um, passive incomes. I want you guys to also look over what are your tax brackets, right? How can you lower um, um, the tax bracket? And I'm not talking about lower your income. Don't be afraid to be at 37% tax bracket. I want all of us to be at 37%, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to pay 37%. Because if you think of it, my favorite in number two here, step two, Look, look at what Christopher put in step two. If you literally put about $600 a month away, that will actually help your, what was that, Roth or regular? Which one? Go back for me in step two. See, if you put about 542 a month, that will, that will give you $6,500 for the year. And if it, you know, if, if you under 50, if you are over 50, that's 625 um, a month. So when we're thinking about um, saving, when we're thinking about budgeting, um, just cut that 542 in half. That's biweekly. That's how much I need to throw um, and put into my Roth IRA or traditional. So that's what I want you guys to work on this week. I mean, next week, yes, we're going to go into debt, but every week I want you guys to grow with us. Okay. Yeah. Because we're going to, we're going to get to the hard part, but if we do not give you guys the foundation, you guys won't know how to make the best decisions for yourself. Absolutely. Okay? This is, this, this is also one more thing I wanted to cover too. Uh, I hope this is kind of clear. Uh, one question from last week, someone asked about uh, what are ways that we can invest and allocate our emergency fund, right? Money that we yes. may need from zero to three years, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think this is important because somebody said, okay, do we just hold that in cash in our mm -hmm. brokerage account? Do we hold that in a savings account or credit union at a bank, right? Where do we do that? So, so for me, right? So as, as you know, as an advisor, these are some strategies that I use for clients. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it may, uh, you know, of course, uh, it, it, again, it's not going to just be one thing sometimes. Does that make sense? In a portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. There's more things that happen inside a portfolio when it's being managed to kind of get the, the, the target rate of return that we want or the, tar the target allocation or to minimize volatility. So it may be a combination of number one money market funds. Yes, I use money markets for emergency funds, right? That's the easy one. But what I also do, right? I I, I use ladders, right? Mm -hmm. Ladders using uh, treasury bills, right? Which are T bills, or a ladder using T notes, or sometimes again, I I hate CDs because honestly, they're they're mean like certificates. Yeah, of, I don't right? like CDs either. Right? Certificates of depreciation. However, there's a way. There's there, there's a way that you can. That and sometimes it, it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? It depends on the person. That I can do a seat, a ladder of CDs as well. Remember, mm -hmm. I'm trying to. This is conservative money that I need liquidity with. I need access to, but I wanted to get a better rate of return than I would at a bank. I want to get a better rate of return as far as savings, right? So, what what is a T bill, right? So, a T bill is really a, a short term, a zero coupon debt issued by the Treasury, right? Mm -hmm. um, they are most commonly sold in Treasury securities, as you can, uh, uh, you can, uh, they can be at auction as often okay. as weekly, right? Uh, many other treasury products are auctioned on, on a monthly or quarterly cycle, right? So you can actually buy T-bills, right, on four-week maturities, 8, 13, 26, and 52. So okay. what that means is that, let's just say we have $1,000, okay? And um, uh, typically a T-bill, they're sold at a discount. So all T-bills are sold at what you call par value. That's $1,000 par value for T-bills, okay? 
So so it may be sold at $970 at a discount. So at the end of maturity, let's say at that four weeks, you would get that $30 in interest. Does that make sense? Mm. Right. So that's how t- that's how T-bills work. So what we can do, we can ladder different T-bills that have different maturities at different interest rates to where, OK, one becomes available. Boom. Then we invest it to the top when we bring it back down. So that's why they call it a ladder, because you can have different T-bills at, at different levels. OK, so that's the way that you can kind of earn a higher interest right on your on your e-fund or um, your savings that you don't need right that three months of income those type things to where you can get a better rate of return than you would at a bank or better yield at a bank does that make sense the second thing is like t-notes maybe i've never had a t-bill never had a t-bill before well you gotta you gotta come we gotta we gotta do we gotta I gotta help you. You gotta gotta hook me up, Chris. You need an appointment, right? I can't be giving all you this game for free. Like you're like, you know, they can get it for uh see how Chris trying to try to charge me for (laughs) for a console. Right. I'm not gonna charge you for the console though. I'm not you can you can we can talk for free, right? But just when you know when stuff get going, we got right. <laughs> right, so um, so I, I'll go, but again, this is something that's that's really big. Also, you can use treasury notes, okay? Yes, kind of like fee bills, but they they're going to actually pay semi annual interest for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'll get semi annual interest payments, and they're issued at a two, three, five, seven, and ten year period, right? So, guys, when I'm building, you know, a, a portfolio for like an emergency fund, um, or you know, it, it's not just one strategy, okay? Um, that's why it's so important. Like, it's so many things that you can learn on just this one account. But this is how I'm doing it. I'm, I'm using um, T bills, Treasury note, um, Treasury note ladders, money market funds. Um, sometimes I'll use what you call um, dividend protected stocks. Okay. Yes, uh, I like those. Right. Um, so, so we can kind of talk about those on our next on our on our next show. But I kind of wanted to highlight that part, and I will go over how you can kind of utilize your different accounts. How do you set up um, bond ladders inside your portfolios and um, really kind of show them, okay, how does that really work and what does that mean for me in the future? So I love this strategy as far as emergency fund guys. When it comes to T-bill, Christopher, is that something I can go to the bank and be like, I want a T-bill? Uh, I guess it depends on what type of bank you go. Maybe they have wealth advisors inside and you can kind of build the T-bills in there. I guess I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never went to a bank to do a, a, a bond a ladder, a T-bill okay. ladder, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. But they need to come to you, right? They, they, yeah, they need to come to you. One of the questions was um, I got in there, okay, was um, you know, if somebody would like to use your service, Chris, how how can they how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, number one, if you go to my Instagram page, I gotta update mine. I gotta update my um my. Link. I'm gonna go look at your Instagram page. I don't even post a lot on Instagram. This oh, this is this is this. The reason you understand the reason why I can't I don't really post a lot on social media. Because, uh-huh. like, when you're a licensed advisor, I don't know if you need to. You have that. to be careful what you say. Exactly. Like, I, can't, so I, can't, I can't be like others. I can't talk about, Chris, oh, give me a stock. I can't talk about a stock symbol. I can't talk okay. about any of that as an advisor. Okay. So it's not that I don't want to share, hey, what to invest in. I just can't. Right. Yeah. And then if they always look at my LinkedIn, my, yeah. my Instagram, my Facebook, if there's anything that's out of compliance, then I get Dean or get white or all that type mm-hmm. of crap. Right. So that's why it's even tough for me to do shows like this because it's heavily regulated. OK, yeah. I only can kind of talk about strategies. But however, if you set aside a meeting with me by going to my Instagram page uh, at uh, Christopher W. Bush, um, there's a link under my bio. You can actually set an appointment and I can get more granular into these strategies and how it works. Um, talk about funds, talk about uh, different stocks, you you know, may want to invest or ETFs. But I just can't talk a lot about that on an open forum, because if I say something wrong, somebody may sue me, Abby. I know. I know. That would probably be me. Come after everything you have, Chris. Um, 
<laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. It's supposed to be a good show. You talking about coming after me for everything? I'm gonna come after Chris, y'all. <laughs> but listen, everything we're discussing here is educational purposes. We're not financial advisors. Um, but you can, um, if you guys are looking for um, a financial advisor, definitely reach out to Chris. Um, schedule an appointment. He can definitely answer questions based on your situations. Um, as we answer these questions. Um, from the email, if you want a little bit more depth, definitely reach out to Chris. Um, you guys already know how to get a hold of me at the relationship account. <laughs> They're not shy. They'll definitely ask me every question in the book right on Instagram. Right on, on. Instagram. <laughs> good, good. So I, I know we're coming up on our time. Yeah. So I hope everybody kind of enjoyed it. All right. We got a, uh, a good show. I think we covered some good topics. Right. I'm getting used to all this stuff. Uh, okay. you know, sometimes you. We, like a, we need like a whole three hours all every time right? <laughs> i know right do you so have any do you have any homework for the cousins what do you want them to to kind of like um work on this week yeah first thing is um i would say since i want to go based on our questions right so the first thing is uh number one if you have a retirement plan i want you to i want you to go to your retirement plan um i want you to go to investments i want you to print out right or take a screenshot of all the investment options okay um also want you to take a screenshot of the of the performance of all those investment options okay so that we can we can kind of have a better conversation of understanding okay how should i allocate these funds right mm -hmm. that's an important exercise where's your money going okay um have an exercise hey look if i don't have a Roth or a traditional ira then okay we need to go ahead and open one okay um guys you can kind of set a time with me we can do those things um though that's kind of the first homework the second homework is going back to that emergency fund bucket we got to start building that so you've already should have done your budget you already should know if you don't have an emergency fund and we got to start there we got to start there yes, right guys. you yes. got you know before you pay extra again I'll, I'll almost you know suggest sometimes when i'm looking at somebody's plan if somebody has a lot of credit card debt right and they don't have an emergency fund but they're contributing 15 percent to the 401k temporarily i may say hey look let's not contribute to the 401k temporarily so you can go ahead and build up that what that emergency fund and pay off that debt right yes. so again, that's why mm -hmm. that's why when we talk about a financial plan it's so important because everything affects another i can't just say what should i do in this one case when i don't know the full picture exactly exactly well guys i hope you enjoyed this episode don't forget to work on your homework we have more debt stuff for um and more depth stuff for you guys next week you guys have a wonderful rest of your evenings. Again, I'm Abby, your tax strategist. I'm Christopher Bush, your financial advisor. And you guys have a wonderful time um, at Redline. We'll see Good you guys night. next time. Good night. <laughs> Bye.